the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Welcome back to the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. While most people listening to the podcast are in the throes of wedding planning, we know there are lots of you who are not yet engaged. But chances are, if you're listening to a wedding podcast, you want to be. For some, a proposal will be completely spontaneous, and for others, it's something that's been in the works for a while. And if you've been waiting for a proposal for some time, engagement season can be a testing time of year is why this week's episode is for you. Today we'll be talking about how to survive engagement season, that time of year that starts in late November and lingers on until Valentine's Day, during which it feels like everyone you went to school with and their little sister is getting engaged in some epic fashion. It's a time when even the most laid back among us might start to set high expectations about a huge ring and a fairy tale proposal or experience out of character anxiety about whether or not an engagement is imminent. Equally, if you're recently engaged and feeling a little insecure about your proposal, engagement season can be rough as you may be bombarded with stories of wildly romantic proposals and diamonds so big they require planning permission. And it doesn't quite help that you're constantly being told that this is the happiest time of your life. If this sounds familiar, we've also got some must-hear advice for you in this episode. Yeah, I think engagement season is a great time if you're loving life, loving your proposal, really excited about your wedding, just got engaged and then there's all of these other people yes. <laughs> who are maybe not feeling that level of excitement, either because they're waiting for an engagement or because they have a little bit of kind of like lingering disappointment about how their engagement went down. Yeah, I mean, it feels like a real betrayal to the sisterhood, but like I turned in to an absolute cliched mad woman before we got engaged. Like... I knew it was coming. We had talked about rings maybe the year before and then nothing happened and I just didn't get it. And I like every time we went out for dinner, there was one night in particular around, I think it was our anniversary and we went out for dinner. Marco brought me to my absolute favourite place and I was like, this is it. It's going to happen. And we were in London and we crossed a bridge and he said, oh, can we just stop here for a moment? And I was like, this is it. And he stopped and we took in the view and it was totally magical. And then he went, "Okay, yeah, I was thinking we'll go to this bar over here and just like walked off. And I was so angry and I ruined the whole rest of the night over it. And I was still fuming the next day. And it was so silly because about three weeks later we got engaged. But I just let it get in my head and I became so uncharacteristically anxious about our relationship in a way that I had never been before. This is something I hear all the time and it seems to be really common. So I'm looking forward to hearing more mad stories from you (laughs) about your pre-engagement period as we tease the subject out in the main section of the episode. One Fab Day Expert Wedding Tips. We always make time on the podcast to share the love and impart some helpful wedding advice that will assist you in your wedding planning endeavours. Selena, you've got a tip for us this week, I believe. So my tip is to think about sunglasses and this is for you whether you're getting married in summer or even in winter or whatever climate unless you're getting married in Iceland during that like month where like there's no sun. (laughs) Uh, Basically you need to think about sunglasses and think about how they work with your outfit. Now this doesn't mean you have to go and buy a new pair of sunglasses or whatever just remember to pack some. Mm. Um, They're helpful for like if you're having a drinks reception outdoors or anything but if you're doing basically any kind of outdoor portrait session even in the height of winter um, and even if you're like I don't want the sunglasses to be on in the shot it's handy to have them for like the blaring sunlight that you might have in between you don't want your eyes watering your makeup being ruined mm. definitely definitely put on your list to have a pair of sunglasses ready to go that somewhat go with your outfit like you definitely if you're a bride don't need like a white pair or anything 
crazy like that um but just a pair that you're happy with not your pair that you got like on holiday for like five bucks and has like bits of crud on it from your handbag <laughs> like just get a nice clean you know nice neutral pair yeah and make sure to bring it regardless of what's going on put it in your handbag give it to your wedding party person or um if you're a guy you can pop it in one of the many many hidden pockets in your jacket um, and just have it because there's a big chance you'll need it I totally forgot about it and I had picked up a pair literally the day before and thankfully they went with my outfit but I wasn't even thinking about that at the time I bought them for my honeymoon and they ended up being in a lot of the photographs so it was worth having a pair that went somewhat with my dress yeah definitely just have a moment think about your sunglasses write down somewhere to pack them the one fab date wedding podcast On to our main conversation topic for today, how to survive engagement season if you're waiting on a proposal. There are actually several sides to this topic, how to remain chill and secure in your relationship amid all the engagement talk that might be coming at you. And if you're engaged recently, how to embrace your engagement story, even if the proposal wasn't exactly what you hoped for. Yes, as mentioned up top, lots of us have ruined perfectly good nights out or weekends away because we hype them up expecting a proposal and this anticipation is often doubled around Christmas. Likewise, you might be getting a lot of hype from friends and family about how this is the year and how it's definitely going to happen. And on the flip side, we've also heard from lots of engaged brides who say that while the proposal was lovely, they wish their partner had put more thought or planning into it. Hopefully today's chat will help you set reasonable expectations, open up a dialogue with your other half if that's necessary and enjoy your festive season without constantly feeling for ring boxes under the Christmas tree (laughs) or waiting for your partner to get down on one knee. Yes. Now, Selena, you're the opposite of all of this. (laughs) You are someone who's never patting down a coat to see if there's a ring (laughs) box in it before night out. It's so funny. Um, This is a world that was revealed to me when I started working for one fab day and like literally everyone in the office is like, yeah, yeah. And they all have an anecdote like the one you told about a wonderful evening that was ruined because in their head for a moment they convinced themselves that the proposal yeah. was happening and then it wasn't. Whereas that has never happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely the kind of person who will be like, right, should we get engaged now then? Yeah, okay, let's go for this. Um, <laughs> but I totally empathize with people who are in this situation because I've definitely been like in other relationship scenarios where I've just been like, God, that was a an excuse for a really romantic date and one of us ruined it by saying something silly you know Mm -hmm. so I totally get the frustration around this time of year I think what's difficult for people is that it doesn't really come from them a lot of the time it's not the person themselves who is like desperate to get engaged like this week or else you know like the world is going to end it's more that they're you know interested in being engaged or being proposed too soon they want it to happen they're hoping it will happen usually their partner is aware that this is on the cards but it's all the chat from the mams and the aunties and it's all of the engagement ring selfies going on in the whatsapp groups that are kind of giving them this built-up anxiety yeah because for a lot of modern couples they'll have discussed marriage and they'll know it's in the pipeline or they'll have set a loose timeline of oh in a couple of years you're going to get married and in five years you're going to have kids or buy a house or whatever it is and yet it's still just something comes over you and you just start to get really anxious. And you're right, it is a lot of other people's chatter, particularly around weekends away. Like I remember we just couldn't go on a weekend away without someone like when you come back being like, so how was it? As if you're about to have this big news that you 
probably don't have. And then all of a sudden your really nice weekend in Paris is ruined because there wasn't a ring. Yeah, that is so annoying. I know. Um, Don't say that to people, please. Yeah, that's a good (laughs) disclaimer up top is if you know someone else who you think has an engagement pending, you don't need to say to them. No, and if they're really feeling the stress and they're a good friend of yours, they might bring it up themselves, Mm. but I wouldn't add to the anxiety by heaping on them. The other thing I find really strange about the whole engagement season thing is, especially in hetero couples, it is kind of assumed that the guy will do the proposing. Mm. And I always feel for the guys because I'm like, how are they supposed to know? Like we had a real wedding that I was writing up during the week and in the questionnaire, the bride said specifically that she had always wanted a proposal that was a complete surprise. So any time that her partner had brought up engagement or proposal or rings um, for their like whatever it was, 10 year relationship, she had been really vague and been like, no, 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 let's not talk about it because she wanted a surprise. But how is he supposed to know? No, he might think Anything. she doesn't want to get married. Yeah, like I just thought that poor guy and in the end anyway he he did an amazing surprise proposal and it all went fine but I just think it is hard it's a lot to push on yes. the guy in a hetero couple or whoever the person is doing it in a same sex couple that they're supposed to know what the other person wants if the other person doesn't express that yeah a couple of years before we got engaged a friend of mine from school got engaged and I was telling Marco and he said god isn't it amazing that they have the money for a wedding and I said I'm sure they don't have the money for a wedding yet like they just got engaged and he thought you had to have the 10 or 20 or 30 grand for your wedding in the bank before you got engaged. And I was really glad he said that because I was able to clarify that you don't need to have mm. that in the bank. Otherwise, it would have been waiting years to get engaged. So, yeah, you don't necessarily know if someone's not as clued into the whole engagement wedding thing as you might be. They honestly might not have a clue that that's what's on your mind. Yeah. And like, I feel like especially women talk a lot about engagement proposals, rings, all of that yeah and guys often just don't like as in like when someone gets engaged they'll like ask for the story or whatever but let's just say that I don't think many of the straight men in my life have had conversations about engagement rings until the moment they've decided crap I have to buy one and Mm. then they're suddenly like filled with fear um so I think that's yeah a topic that will come up throughout our tips and advice is maybe sometimes it's better to um either be upfront about what you want or what you're expecting or to do a little slidey hint somewhere. Yes. Yeah, I think hints are very underrated. <laughs> you did a little bit of hinting yourself, I believe. I just look at heavy hinting. Yeah. <laughs> Here is the ring I was like, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, we'll get into all of that. Yeah, but first up, I think it's good to put everyone at ease that being uncharacteristically weird about an imminent proposal or the lack of a proposal is totally understandable. Yeah. And just because I have said that I don't feel that way, I'm worried about lots of stuff, (laughs) (laughs) like other things. So don't feel like, oh my God, I'm not like a chill girl because I really think, or I thought this Christmas was going to be the Christmas that we got engaged and it wasn't. I'm disappointed. That's very natural feeling. And as I said earlier, with so much engagement stuff, being thrown in your direction either comments from family or influencers on Instagram or whatever it is it's really really hard to be chill about these things yeah and it can make you feel a bit rejected or insecure in your relationship or even a bit desperate and I hated that that was what bothered that bothered me more than Mm. not being engaged was how I was feeling and I felt like I was conjuring that up myself and it made me feel like a really bad feminist and Mm. so just try and cut yourself some slack if you're feeling all of that and just be like it's natural it's a funny time I'm 
excited about this thing ahead of me and I'm being a bit impatient about it and I just need to chill out. Definitely, you are not the first person to feel this way. So don't be kicking yourself over it. No. And unfortunately, in straight couples, a lot of women are kind of forced into this waiting position Mm. and you don't feel like you have any control over it. I remember talking to a friend who really wanted to get engaged and I said, well, why don't you tell your boyfriend? And she said, I couldn't possibly. And Mm. she just felt like kind of helpless. Like there's nothing she could do so I think it's worth looking at that in your own relationship and seeing why you feel like it's that you're being forced to wait and why you don't feel like you can take ownership of the situation and and have a chat with your other half and we'll talk about that in a while about how to maybe bring it up and in same-sex couples then obviously there's less fixed tradition there's not Mm. like a oh well I know he's gonna ask at around the three-year mark or whatever you might think is traditional or there's no is formula set. no there's less formula so I have heard of lots of couples who have said like I just didn't know and I didn't know what was appropriate or I didn't know what they were thinking and a lot of times it's actually happened where both were planning to propose and one of them just got there first we had a same-sex couple who were both men on the site and they proposed on the same night like basically yeah. they were both planning to do it one got there first but only by like an hour <laughs> Um, so that'll tell you like how confusing it can be when you don't have the like defined gender roles to tell you like who's supposed to buy the ring. Yeah. And I think it's also worth saying up top that you might be really frustrated with your partner, but your partner is likely quite oblivious. They haven't actually done anything wrong by not proposing yet. So it's important to keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. I think every person in a relationship on the planet has had that realization where they've gone oh I'm having an argument with my partner in my own head they don't know anything is wrong yeah it's that thing where you send like 20 million angry text messages or leave 20 million voicemails and then you realize their phone was turned off the whole time yeah but it's in your head yeah yeah we've all done that so that's a natural part of relationships but you have to learn to figure out when that's happening and when the bridge needs to be gapped or the bridge needs to be gapped yeah when the bridge needs to be gapped and you need to actually take the argument out of your own head and yes. into real life and have the discussion with your partner yes and I know I mentioned like to try and chill yourself and be patient but obviously that's easier said than done I think it's up to you to decide which route you want to take like do you want to take the like be patient route which won't work for everyone no Or do you want to go, no, I'm going to take control of the situation. I'm going to initiate a conversation about it. Or do you want to be the person who does the proposing? Mm. Now, the patience thing, I think you can kind of talk yourself into it. You can definitely say... For a while at least. (laughs) Yeah, you can definitely just, I think, take a deep breath and go, listen. Especially if you and your partner have talked about marriage before Mm. and you know it's on the cards. And I always think like to sleep on these things really helps give you a fresh perspective so after you've had maybe one of those nights out where you thought it was happening and it didn't and you went to bed really angry and he or she is none the wiser maybe wait get up the next day and just go okay what is my problem do I think they're not going to propose no do I think they're going to wait five years to propose no I need to probably just take stock of it I ultimately would like if this is you to have a proposal that I don't have to hint about or Mm. push for I'm patient enough to wait yeah no that's a good shout I think it's also worth keeping in mind like 
after the proposal there won't be another proposal and that anticipation is so fun and so exciting to be like oh we're going away for a night I wonder will it happen and be excited about it because after it's happened every other weekend away is not quite as exciting anymore so I think it's nice to keep that anticipation in mind and enjoy this time where you're kind of looking ahead and everything's possible and you kind of have your whole I shouldn't mean to sound in like a granny way like you have your whole future ahead of you but you know what I mean it's it's all ahead of you and to kind of relish that and see it that way and have that perspective on it rather than it being a waiting game yeah and I think if in your relationship you're pretty confident that marriage is going to come up and it's going to happen and your partner is going to propose it's a lot easier to you know play the waiting game or the long game because you know it's happening and then you can enjoy like a bit of excitement and a bit of hype about whatever weekends away are coming up Mm. um but might be harder to do if you're like you know what we don't really have a plan for this I'm now starting to worry if it's happening at all that's kind of a different situation that maybe needs a different approach yeah no definitely I think as well it's worth considering why there might be a delay as in your other half might be saving for a ring they mightn't feel like it's right timing wise you know like maybe you're saving for a house and they want to make sure that you're in there before they move on to Mm. the next thing or they could have a particular ring in mind that they are getting designed or that they're waiting for it to arrive if they've ordered it online or something like that so there are lots of reasons for it not to be happening and there's no point in you catastrophizing it to they're never going to want to marry me and it's probably something a lot more mundane and rational than that yeah I've read probably a billion proposal stories and often the person who's proposing just has like a really strong idea in their head and mm. it might be like I want to do it when we cross the finish line of the Dublin Marathon in 2022 and that's when it will happen <laughs> and you know it's nothing against you it's not like they're not sure if they want to marry you or not it's just they have this specific plan in their head or it might be something really practical like I want to be finished college I want to have my master's something like that as well yeah. um so and like you said your point about um Marco and the having the money in the bank is very valid I think a lot of people are very organizy and plannery and don't realize that you know you can get engaged it doesn't mean you have to have a wedding next week or you have to have a ring next week you can get engaged and worry about all that stuff later so that might be something to slip in (laughs) the conversation (laughs) if you can in an organic way like Claire did yes wasn't too organic and while we're talking about being patient I think it's also important to be happy for the people around you who get engaged which might be tricky if you're feeling a bit sensitive yeah but their engagement has nothing to do with your engagement and don't compare yourself to them and just be really happy for your friends at an exciting time in their lives yeah absolutely that's an important one because getting on board with their excitement will make you feel you know less guilty about any weird feelings you have around engagement Mm. Now, as you mentioned, if being patient isn't working for you, you might need to bring it up. So we would always say there's a right and a wrong way to do this. The wrong way is probably to get really upset and angry and issue a big ultimatum. If you don't propose by Christmas, I'm out here. Yeah, because we've all heard of people who've done that, um, who've been pushed to the brink. Um, Definitely, this is the when you bring this up, it needs to be done in a very calm way. And... There are two probably ways to do it, two main ways. And one is kind of like a little hint or a little like jokey comment or something that you pick the right time to, you know, put on the table. But like it's not a 
formal conversation and the yeah. other is a formal conversation. So I think obviously if it's still early days and you are passing a ring top and you like stop and look in the window and say, oh, I really like that one and then keep on moving. Yeah. That's a nice way to do it. Then obviously there are couples who are together 15 years. They've had that conversation loads of times. Yeah. And it just hasn't happened for whatever reason. And you need to communicate to your other half that marriage is important to you. You have a, or maybe you have a timeline in mind. Maybe you want to be married before you have children and you mm. want to have children soon or something like that. And then I think that's when you should have a proper conversation about what you have in mind and your timeline and mm. your goals for your life. Because I think that's what a lot of people forget is that like in straight relationships that the woman's supposed to just sit there and wait for this to happen and to get the ball rolling on all of this when it's actually her life and it might affect choices she has about having children or about her career or where she lives or Mm. and it's financial as well so I do think there's nothing wrong and you should not be afraid to actually have a proper conversation about the direction your relationship is heading in I think that's healthy yeah definitely some stigma breaking needs to be done in particular around females in hetero relationships yeah, and saying what they want and saying what they hope to achieve in the next year, what they want for the relationship in the next five years, all of that stuff. Now, for some women, that's no problem. They're great at being open and frank with their partner. But for loads of women who are great communicators and great partners to their other half, it's actually really hard. And they feel like some kind of weird, deep-rooted shame about saying, this is what I want for my life. Yeah. Um. So I think that's something that we need to work on as a society. Yeah, because you don't know you and your other half might have very different visions mm. or very different goals. And in the same ways, it's important to have a conversation early on about what you both want in life, whether or not you want children, things like that. It's worth having a conversation early on about whether or not you ever want to get married because the last thing you want is to be at this point and realise that's not on the cards at all. Yeah. I think as well, and this is perhaps less serious, but it's still very common, is a lot of women want, as you mentioned, this surprise proposal and they're really worried that if they at all mention marriage that they'll ruin the surprise for themselves. And I think... A surprise proposal is actually way more rare than you think. That it's completely out of the blue. There was never a marriage conversation. It was never brought up. Like nearly every couple by the time they've gotten engaged have had a conversation about marriage. Have maybe even had a conversation about rings. And so just because you've had that conversation doesn't mean you won't be completely blindsided by a gorgeous proposal. No, I think... The specialness of surprise in general in life is overhyped because a lot of the things that are very exciting in life, like being proposed to, they're exciting for the reason that you're being proposed to, not because it's a surprise or not because, you know, the sun happens to be setting or whatever. It's exciting because you're like, oh, my God, this is an iconic moment in my life that I'll always remember Loads of people will ask me for the story about it. I'll tell my kids and grandkids about how it all went down. And that is special. So the fact that it was a surprise doesn't make the specialness, basically. Uh, If you clocked it an hour ago because your partner was being really weird and like sweaty. Yeah. (laughs) That doesn't make it any less special. It's still that big moment of your life that you'll always remember. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it all feeds into this idea that 
getting engaged is something that happens to you, not something you've chosen. And the whole idea is you're asked and you say yes and you're making a decision. It's not something that you've just sat there and then someone else decided we're getting married and you went, oh, okay, I'll put the ring on then. Yeah. Like it's it's an active choice you've made in your life. So it's definitely worth a bit of a conversation at least. Yeah. And I think with all of the things we talk about today, it's worth remembering that there's a marriage coming, yeah. <laughs> like a whole big marriage that could hopefully last for decades and decades. And being able to be open and frank about your feelings in a relationship is really important. You're going to need those skills for a million different reasons yeah. throughout your relationship. So if you can't use them now in the pre-engagement weirdness, you know, it's as good a time as any to Absolutely. get better at doing yeah. that kind of thing with your yeah. partner. And we've mentioned this already, but I think it's worth saying again, is don't let other people get into your head. Yeah, we definitely have seen many relatives, let's say, (laughs) who (laughs) like to make comments and sometimes friends, sometimes Mm -hmm. colleagues. Sometimes it's really inappropriate, the people who talk to you about whether you're going to get Have you gotten much of it because you guys have like shown no interest in getting married? No, not really. Actually, over the course of our relationship, I feel like we haven't gotten it that much. Maybe we like exude a vibe (laughs) of um, we're not really like the kind of people to do a big like um, a huge big wedding and engagement thing. Um, I think everyone knows by now we've been open about it that we probably will get married and have like a small wedding at some point. But I think what I always say to people if they do ask and there's probably only a handful of people who've ever said anything is like sure we're in no rush which is actually completely true but Mm -hmm. if it's not true it's also a good one-liner to have. Yeah I think we've said this about lots of aspects of planning your wedding but it's worth having a one-liner ready to go to brush people off in a polite way that is also kind of no nonsense. Another thing that works, although it depends on where you are in your relationship that we've said is, sure, we've other things on our mind, which Mm -hmm. for us has been more like we were more focused on like getting a house and starting a family. So like if you're not focused on those things, maybe that's a risky one liner to have. (laughs) But that's definitely something that works as well. And people kind of go, all right, fair enough. You're Mm -hmm. modern people and you're allowed to, you know have different priorities and do things in an unconventional or different order than we expect. Yeah. I mean, you can always call people out and be like, are you asking him this question? Yeah. Like this is a bit outdated or whatever. But again, whether or not you feel comfortable doing it, but don't be afraid to do it because I think that's totally fair enough. And likewise, avoid those people. If, if you're getting a lot from a particular friend or a particular relative, just avoid them because they're only making you feel insecure and you don't need to feel that way. Yeah, I think a vague one-liner goes a long way. Even something like, God, sure, we're too busy. We don't have even time to think about that. Yeah. Is great. And then if you've said that three times in a row to one person, you're officially allowed to just like never speak to them again or to at least avoid them at all family functions. Yes, definitely. From now on. And again, Instagram is another place where you can constantly start comparing yourself to people and to other people's engagements and everyone seems to be getting engaged and just avoid, avoid if it's stressing you out. Yeah, definitely feel free to use the unfollow button or the mute button. Facebook's probably the same if you have a lot of friends on there who are getting engaged. I know this is a big thing. It can be really hard if everyone who you went to school with for example you're all the same age you yeah. get to an age where probably a lot of people are getting engaged and you feel like it's everyone but you're like well 
you're friends with a thousand people you went to school with. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of those people are going to be getting engaged. Do you need to see their feeds? Do you need to see their updates? Have you spoken to them in 20 years? Probably yeah. not. Um, so definitely use the mute and unfollow button with Wild Abandon. Yes. Now, don't forget, you can always propose yourself. Yes. So you could be dropping hints for years. And if it's not on your other half's radar, it's not going to happen. And so there's absolutely nothing wrong with taking matters into your own hands and popping the question yourself. Uh, 2020 is a leap year and it's tradition for the lady to ask on the 29th of February. So you could always do that if that's your bag. Mm -hmm. But really, like, who cares about traditions or protocols? If you want to be engaged, it's within your power to be engaged. You could be engaged by tomorrow if you wanted to be. (laughs) Yeah, so I think if you're even slightly attracted to this idea, just go away, have a think about it for a few weeks and see if kind of an idea of how to do it that you're really excited about comes Mm -hmm. up. And if it does, if you do suddenly get like a strike of inspiration or even when you think about it for the first time you go do you know what if I was going to propose I know exactly how I do it and that's it Mm. then that's probably a hint to you that yeah you're probably the right kind of person to actually propose to your other half yeah if you do have kind of strong feelings of excitement when you think about a certain way or setup of doing it yeah um that's definitely a sign that yeah maybe you're the kind of person who's going to do this maybe you should go for it yes definitely and let us know if you do please we would love to hear more um female proposal stories yes definitely so i guess before we finish up we should talk about managing expectations for those of you who do get engaged over the next few weeks or someone who's recently been proposed to your engagement or your proposal might not always work out exactly as you want and um, i always think of that time in sex and city when trey and charlotte get engaged and it's a bit of a fumbly moment fumbly moment and she's like <laughs> devastated and so then when he brings her into tiffany's to buy her ring she tells everyone that's the moment he proposed outside tiffany's so you can always reconstruct it slightly <laughs> yeah you can definitely embellish the truth and also i feel like whatever your engagement story is you end up giving people like a potted version anyway yes. so like literally nobody in the world like not even your partner will probably call you up on it if you just like put a little bit of sheen on it yeah Um, if that makes you feel better like go for it but also there are so many opportunities coming for you and your partner in your lives where you have like great memories and big epic moments will still happen so I know it's hard but it is good not to put too much emphasis on the proposal moment being perfect yeah I definitely blame movies and Instagram for the fact that people are expecting like champagne, fireworks, a giant rock. And if they don't get all that, they think that for some reason their proposal was lacking. But really you just have to think about the gesture in itself and how special it was and how you felt in the moment and how exciting it is. And focus on that. And when you're retelling it, even if you don't have all these add-ons that Mm. you can just be like oh my god we were at home on the couch and it was so gorgeous and it was absolutely perfect and it works both ways that like hollywood thing as in you're expecting this big moment and there's literally orchestra swell coming up (laughs) as the person says the words will you marry me but the person proposing as well like every person i know who's done the proposing was like a nervous wreck beforehand and they all tell the story completely differently (laughs) to their new fiance because they're like oh my god i was just like sweating through my suit i like was about to do it like 16 times that day and then i completely bottled it and it's because again the expectation is kind of big and also obviously the person wants to make the moment nice for their partner so i think you're just cutting everyone some slack if um you kind of 
you know, picture something like very simple and, um, you know, unfussy. And then like if there are fussy elements like amazing add-ons and like if there is like a big exciting moment like on an ice rink in Rockefeller Center or something <laughs> like a certain previous guest of ours um then that's like an add-on or that's like a bonus yeah definitely I think it's also worth keeping in mind that proposals are often really messy and don't go to plan there's mm. like we feature a proposal story pretty much every day on the yep. website in our real weddings and more often than not it rained and it was supposed to be on a beach or they had something set up and it got messed up or the person one of them got sick yeah or, you know there's like flight so got cancelled they were yeah. supposed to be on holiday and they weren't all of these things yeah like there's so many things that can go awry and I think it's really nice if the person doing the proposing is able to just go with it and still make it work and so if you're the person receiving the proposal I think it's just really nice to just see it as what it is and not be expecting it to be this perfect thing like depending on what's going on with the ring you might also have a whole buying the ring thing yeah which could end up being the story that you love way more and end up talking about and end up telling your grandkids about more than the actual engagement because a lot of people these days have a discussion and decide very pragmatically to get engaged and that's not a great story but it leads to loads of more great stories yeah exactly and it's a far more realistic story and it's a story of two people deciding to get married rather than a like Oh, okay, then he asked me, so I said yes. Yeah, and in fairness, I know people talk about the like story to tell the grandkids, but I feel like our grandparents' generation stories were not the best. Like, there's so many like just, uh, oh, he asked me like 17 times and eventually I gave in. Like, the stories are not as romantic. We're sitting in the kitchen in her parents' house. Like, it wasn't anything. Or like, <laughs> you know, it was a whole like... Well, we had been stepping out together for like four weeks. So everyone, I was the talk of the town. So we had to get it. Like often those stories are not amazing. Yeah. Uh, so there is something nice about two grown-ups having a chat. Yeah. Deciding they want to spend their lives together. Like that's romantic no matter what language is used or passes between them, I think. Bottom line, I guess, manage your expectations. Don't be succumbing to the idea that it has to be this Disney fairy tale yeah and at the end of the day it's a beginning it's not an end exactly all these exciting things to come and enjoy it and that's a wonderful place to leave it I think one fab day listener dilemmas each week on the podcast we take a deep dive into our inbox and pull out a dilemma from a listener who's hit a bump in the road planning their wedding this week Claire has found a problem that we can hopefully help with Yes, this reader writes in, please help. I'm changing my surname to my husband's after we get married. And while I'm trying to own my decision, I can still hear my inner feminist voice and some of my friends as if I'm betraying the sisterhood. Any tips for making the final call and explaining it to those who don't get why you've made the choice to change your name? I will say that um, as someone who probably won't ever change her name, I try to be sound and not judge other people. Yes. (laughs) So I would never say outwardly to someone, um, oh, you changed your name? Oh, you know, yeah. like, I feel like people who say that to you, you're allowed to, <laughs> they're allowed to go down your estimation. Yeah, and you're allowed to be like, I don't need to justify it to you. Yeah. However, having changed my name mm. and being extremely feminist, I have found it hard to justify, even sometimes to myself, and I have found it hard to defend. Mm. And it's a personal choice and that's what it comes down to. And when you're saying you don't know how to make the final call, it's just about why you're doing it. And there's a million reasons. Like it might be that you want the whole family and if you plan to have children the same name, 
it might be that you like your other half's name or you don't like your name. Mine was yeah. a bit of both. Um, and there might be, maybe you just like the tradition of it. There's a lot of reasons why you might choose to do it and they're entirely personal. And again, yeah, you don't have to justify it to anybody. But I think if you're able to have the reason yourself and if you know why you've done it, then that's all you need. And you don't need to be coming up with a roundabout feminist explanation for it because you don't need one this isn't one of those things that you need like a handy one-liner for like the handy one-liner is like well mind your own business yeah <laughs> basically <laughs> but uh I can understand that it must be very hard because uh you know the as you say like your inner feminist is making you question it but that's not what your inner feminist is for your in- yeah. inner feminist is there to help you get what you need to do <laughs> get in life um so try to remember that and uh if you have any reason at all that reason is valid because mm-hmm. it's your name and that's the whole point of the feminist movement is that you should be able to do what you want to do with your body your mind your name so yes keep that in mind it's a hard one there's not really like concrete advice we can give except whatever you decide you're doing the right thing for you yeah my only top tip is to save your email address and your new name as early as possible oh i love it bit (laughs) of a tech hack there from claire yeah it was one of my main reasons for changing because i was able to get it at (laughs) gmail.com oh yeah we should say claire's maiden name was very Very common common (laughs) meanwhile i'm like i will hang on to murphy (laughs) until the day i die because there aren't enough of us around (laughs) say hello to a new era of mental health care cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100 online you'll experience the all-new cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. We are gathered here in the site of God and his casino to join Homer and Marge in holy matrimony. Beautiful. Next! Now step away from the spreadsheets. Every week on the podcast, we implore you to put down the glue gun, close your laptop and hide your password for Pinterest, even for a few hours, to do something entirely unrelated to weddings. Selena, you're giving us the recommendation for this week. What have you got? Well, Claire, it's the festive season. It is. Can you hear sleigh bells? I sure can. <laughs> that's that's me doing sleigh bells under the counter. <laughs> so I thought it would be nice for people this week or this month to start a new Christmas tradition with their partner. I love it. Oh, I was about to say just in general, because you and I went to go see It's a Wonderful Life this week. So we did. Like, we started a new tradition. We did. Actually, it's our second time watching it together. So it it's an ongoing tradition, really. Um, I do think engagement is a good time to... Um, start new Christmas traditions with your partner as mm-hmm. you mean to go on um, and sometimes traditions come about organically like you end up randomly going to a Christmas market on the 14th of December and then suddenly it's a big part of your Christmas is going forward but sometimes you have to be deliberate about it yeah. so this year 
I decided to be deliberate about it and me and my other half, Oisin, are going to start our Christmas tradition of a cat-based Christmas tree. I love this. So our aim is to have a completely cat-themed Christmas tree. We're starting it this year. It's it's going to be a, a long-term project. <laughs> Probably 20 or 30 years in it. We need everyone on the lookout for yeah, cat Yeah, anyone, please DM me if you see uh, cat baubles. But yeah, it can be something like really fun and frivolous or it can be like a an exciting event that you go to around Christmas time with your other half. I love this one. And I think, yeah, as you said, engagement is a really nice time to do it. And I think a lot of couples will be getting on board with this one. Hope so. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Before we finish up, we have to wish the gorgeous Natasha and Andrew an incredible wedding day. They live in London and are planning a fab winter wedding in Ireland. They sent us the loveliest email about how the podcast helped them with their wedding and were kind enough to invite us along. We're raging we can't make it, but we hope you guys have the most wonderful day. I still can't believe they invited us. It's so adorable. I know. I wish and you could have gone. They've given us the spec on their wedding and it sounds amazing. Unreal. Pictures, have please. The best time. Yeah. Uh, now, we will be taking a break from the podcast for the next few weeks, just over Christmas, but we'll be back bright and early in January to kick off the new year with lots of great wedding planning podcasts. And in the meantime, of course, you can listen back over 40-odd episodes in our archives while you dig into your selection box. Thank you, as always, for listening. We absolutely love hearing from you. So whether you've got tips or recommendations to pass on or you'd like to ask us a question, do send them our way. For emails, we're hello at onefabday.com or you can slide into our DMs on social. We're at onefabday on all the major social channels. And we'd love it if you could spread the word about the podcast over Christmas. And if anyone you know does get engaged, please make sure that you send them a link. Oh, and before we go, we have to mention onefabday.com. Make sure you're visiting the site on the regular. We'll have daily giveaways in January, some next level real weddings. And of course, all the essential planning guides and checklists that you need to plan your day seamlessly. Until next time, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast.